It's good to be back from Pennsylvania. How are you guys doing? It's good to have a time away with friends and family and to slip back into my Dutch accent, but it's great. Got back last night. Uh, it's good to be back with you all and to worship together as we close out uh, this series. I've reserved the right to come back to it, but we've been talking about the amazing grace of Jesus in what is a very difficult portion of Scripture, these end teachings, these fourth sections of teachings in Matthew's Gospel. We had looked together about our, our condition, about how we can be so quick to count other sins and not forgive. We talked last week uh, about the importance of not just Jesus' grace offered to us, but when we see that grace offered to others, we can find ourselves grumbling and allow that to paralyze our walk with God and our ministry to others. And those things cannot be. That was the last two weeks. This morning, we're going to get into uh, Holy Week. And I would just say to you this. I'm going to look at some, some, some really what are sub-points this morning. The heart of this is they can't receive the authority of Jesus. If you don't hear anything I say, just hear that. They question Jesus. He questions them right back. They can't answer it. They're questioning about what about these things, verse 23. And if you go back to verse 12 through 14, is it because he's cleansed the temple when he's come into Holy Week? Is it because he's healing those who need healings? By what authority are you doing these things? It's the rude question. And he throws a question back at them and they say, we don't no, we may have time this morning to talk about their response, but ultimately, as Matthew is reminding the Jewish people of that day, as well as Gentiles, but primarily to the Jewish people, Jesus is the promised Messiah, the one who has been foretold, who has come to fulfill the very promises of God and to make atonement for his people. He is Messiah, he is king, and he has all authority. You should have heard from John. You should understand these are the things that Messiah does. So as we bump into anything this morning, if you don't hear anything else as I go through these subpoints, he has all authority. And how do you need to hear that this morning? Whether it's something in your parenting, something in the way you schedule life, in the way that you will or won't do what you know the Spirit's calling you to do, who has all authority. Matthew throughout his gospel is sharing the very grace of Jesus in these chapters, yes, in a very difficult time, but who has authority? But I want us to see other things this morning as we go through Matthew's gospel. And let's remind ourselves where we have been and where we are. Jesus has turned, as those last two chapters we looked about, when he's talking about grace, grace, when he's talking about forgiveness, when he's talking about blessing those who come at the last minute, where is he? He's on his way to Jerusalem to die. He's already told his disciples a few times at that point, I am going to die. Then he tells them a third time, and now he has come into his holy city to give his life to be bruised for our iniquities. That's where we are, and yet there is still grace. And in so many ways, you almost kind of see it in the way that he arrives. If you go back, you know that story from, from Palm Sunday. Just the fact that the king of all kings, the Messiah, rides in on a beast of burden. 
Going back again to Philippians 2, where we went last week. Equal to God, yet not counting equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. This is his city. His Gospel of John reminds us it's his hour when he's going to be glorified, and he rides a beast of burden into the city. What a picture of the humility of Christ. The picture of his character and his heart. Let's be honest. We watch college football, some of us. So anyway, many of us watched it. But you watch these teams come out now to just this crazy fanfare and music and lights and I right after college I was a got to watch the Bulls and everybody remembers the PA announcer for your Chicago Bulls and the lights and the music here is Jesus in his city and some kids and a crowd yes but for his presentation a beast of burden a beautiful picture of humility of Christ and he comes into a city he cleanses this temple He curses a fig tree, and then we get this. Just who do you think you are? Has anybody ever asked you that question? Just who in the world do you think you are? Here to die, who do you think you are? And then Jesus, because he's so good at doing this, asks them a question uh, back. But he's been telling these disciples, grace after grace, enters his city to die, and he gets this question, who do you think uh, you are? And let's, let's, let's remember a couple of things first. They may have questions about his authority wherever he did those things, whether it's cleansing the temple, but it's right that he did what he did. It is to be a house of prayer. Many Bible scholars think that part of the reason Jesus was furious with that is that he set up in the Gentile, they're set up in the Gentile court. This is, this is people's chance to, to hear of my grace. These are Gentiles who worship other gods and are distant from me. Here's the courtyard where they could just bump into the holiness and the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And you guys have turned it into this? Get out of here. Grace upon grace. They're questioning his authority, but they can't question his teaching. They can't question his conduct. Because it's not of this world. It's beautiful, it's holy, and it's right. I taught a Bible study years ago by Craig Rochelle. He started life as a Methodist. Great, a really, really uh, innovative uh, pastor. Uh, but he did a Bible study called Weird. Anybody read that book, Weird? It's super being able to invite people to that. Hey, I'm doing a weird Bible study. Y'all want to come? <laughs> but as J.D. Walt said to us this past August, Christians are supposed to be weird. Right? You read John 17, you read 1 John 2. It's just, we're in the world, yes. We're sent into the world, yes. But we're not supposed to be of this world. And so the way you and I live is going to be weird. The way you and I love and serve is going to be weird. The, The fact that you all give, whether it's resources, time, gifts, talents, the way you sacrifice for church family or for our community or to reach in missions. That's weird stuff to this world for people you won't even know or see across the world. And we, many of us spent a lot of time this week praying for those Christians in North Africa. That's weird stuff. 
Christians who love, Christians who are humble, Christians who are holy, as we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, and it's foreign to this world of ungrace, Christians who offer grace, who offer the other cheek, who don't swing back. Got a call from a pastor in Richland this past week, and I've told you before, I grew up in South Jackson, but uh, my junior high and high school years and upper elementary, but I, my senior, my, during senior high, I went to Richland, so it got me thinking about Richland, and sadly, my sophomore year, got into a little scuffle with a teammate, which is a no-no, but we were in practice, and we started banging each other and the whistle blew but we didn't stop hitting and I'm a sophomore he's a senior he's not only a senior and the nose guard those are scrappy people you don't mess with them Uh, but he's also captain of the defensive team he's the toughest guy on the team and now is in law enforcement so I'm very quiet when I go to Rankin County but I'm a sophomore and you hit me after the whistle I'm not going to back down and we just started swinging And I mean, he was smacking me all all upside the head. Didn't matter. I just kept going. Bang, bang, bang. Didn't matter. Kept punching. Bang, bang, bang. Didn't matter. Kept punching. Bang, bang, bang. Didn't matter. Matter. Because we were too... I have to be careful the words I use. I'll use the word silly. We didn't take our helmets off. Our hands were bleeding. But I was just bang. Look how tough I am. We were so caught up in the moment of I won't back down. Or who's this young whippersnapper who's going to stand up to me? Christians don't do that. We're weird. It's grace. It's turning the other cheek. What a gift to this world when we have the mind of Christ, the life of Christ, the attitude of Christ, and we're weird. They really can't yell at him about his conduct. He has a heart for the temple area, a heart for his father's house. It ought to be a place of prayer, a place where Gentiles can come, where people ought to come and get healed. They can't argue about that. What they're arguing about ultimately is what we all fight against. Who has authority? Who reigns over my heart? Who reigns over my mind? Who reigns over our, our lives? And as we watch through this too, he then celebrates. If you go down to this story, he tells them this story, this beautiful picture. There's, again, it's all about his authority and who he is. I know that. But again, in that, we're seeing still this grace of Jesus. In the midst of this, he ought to swing back. Let me tell you a story of the grace of God. Who did, verse 31, who did the will of the Father? The one who went, not the one who intended to go first and did not. And who does he name, by the way? Who those who, when he gives example of those who at first didn't, respond didn't want to respond they didn't intend to go but they ultimately go and they get to go into the kingdom of God or into the kingdom of heaven you see these two names first is tax collectors and you know again here's Matthew he's got to wince at this we talked a little bit about it last week he's got to wince at that why you got to mention that group and last week we reminded ourselves that group's on the outs that group has cooperated with Rome these pagan foreign oppressors worship all these other gods and they may let us have this little place on the temple mount but these folks should not be here they do all kinds of wildness in life and with their religion and you've you've cooperated with them and listen the words out most of those 
Most of those tax collectors, right, I'll pay back whatever I've owed. We got the Zacchaeus story. The, most of them are cheats. They're socially ostracized. They're, they're considered on the out spiritually. Dirty people, cheating people, turned your back on your people. And Matthew had to wince when he heard that tax collectors and. But then I wonder when the Spirit impressed him, hey, write these things down. I wonder if at that point he said, yeah. Even I get to go. Even I get to go. That's the grace of Christ. I was on the outs. And uh, he found me. And he called me. Now, when, 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 when we get to Matthew's party in Matthew chapter 9, you can go back and look. Do you remember? We get another time where it's tax collectors and. Do you remember what it was at Matthew's party? Tax collectors and sinners, right? That, you bunch of tax collectors, that's how you hang out with sinners. And again, Matthew's like, ooh, Why'd you have to do that? Well, now look at this one. And i got to be careful with this word because I know we have children in the room. I'll just say those who traffic themselves maybe. And there were reasons for that in that culture just to get lost and to do that. But now you're naming me with sinners. You were naming me with sinners. Now you do that. A tax collector and people who give themselves away. It's one of the things I've loved reading uh, Doing, doing work at Wesley uh, a couple of years ago and just hearing again how John Wesley ministered to women and men who were giving themselves away. The fact that he took the step to minister to lost people, uh, people practicing things. We would say, hey, that's not of God. That's definitely not in his plan. But I want you to know the grace of God and be healed of that. That's our method as heritage, to reach, to take the first step, to call people to repentance, yes, but to call them to healing and call them to God. And it's interesting, when C.S. Lewis talks about people who live this life, he says, people who do that, not tax collectors, but the other thing, they're in no danger of finding their present life so satisfactory that they cannot turn to God. It's the proud, the self-righteous who are in that danger do you and i see our need again for the very grace of god that we're lost without him the good news partly here is Lori introduced our opening hymn to us all are invited and here you see this reminder when he's getting who do you think you are let me tell you who i am i'm a god who says if if, if you will come late i will say yes if you'll come will you come this morning wherever you are will you come and look, you can go to verse 27. They're going to they're gonna back off of their answer and say, we, we don't know. I love what D. James Kennedy says about that. I used to read a lot of him when I was in college. And he says the word, you know, for no meant gnosis. And you put the word no in front of to know, meaning I don't know. You put the word ah in front of that. So ah, gnosis, agnostic is where you get it. But the noun form is I'm ignorant of, or the noun form would be ignoramus. So here they are being an ignoramus. I don't because they don't want to answer the question. If we answer it this way, if we answer it that way, we don't know. It's willful, as one commentary said, verse 32. It's willful blindness. They know if John's ministry was from heaven, then John has given testimony of Jesus that Jesus' authority was from heaven, and they're not going to change their minds about that. Wherever we are, wherever we are, we see this grace of Jesus that we can come. Tax collectors 
and those who give themselves away. I was given an opportunity this week to gather with a lot of my friends from my third through, halfway through sixth grade. I went to Fairland Elementary School in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. And every four or five years, I'll go up to Pennsylvania, and we'll try to get those kids together. And, you know, back, this is, sorry, Elizabeth, another 1980s reference, but back when I left Fairland Elementary, you just couldn't catch up like you can today. No email. The phone call was like $2 billion to make a long-distance phone call back then, and you couldn't do it. So we just, with the exception of letter writing, and I'm a guy, who's going to do that? You just, you just couldn't keep up with, I didn't know about their lives for years. No social media. I wondered whatever happened. So a couple of years ago, we started, I tried to track them down on social media, and we've gotten together once or twice. And to, after... 40 years to learn more of their stories, to sit around a fire pit, because it was in the 50s, low 50s in Pennsylvania last week. Glorious. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but to hear this one talk about the pain in their life and to just, I mean, just spit it up about where they've been. And for this one to, to spit it up where they've been and how, how they've struggled. And not, not every story was that story. But to, but to hear again and to have the opportunity, just somebody brought up the word Isaiah, and so I just kind of snuck in <laughs> and talked about the one who was bruised for our iniquities and will enter into our suffering and our struggle, and we don't have to be who we were, that there's grace offered. And it was a, it was a sweet time. It was a sweet time, but just a reminder to us that wherever, whatever your past is, whatever your stuff was, Jesus says, even if you didn't intend to come, you rebelled and pushed back, if you'll come. If you'll come, there's grace. Now listen, how do we not come? How do we live in self-righteousness or not believe that word after he said it time and time again on the way to his death? But, but we might push back. Now listen, so I'm going to give you the other side of grace. Matthew 24 is coming. Matthew 25 is coming where Jesus reminds us, say yes now. But as you read through that, there will be another harvest. He talks a lot about vineyards. As he, there will be another harvest. But, but the word, the primary word they offer throughout is grace, and it's not too late to say yes. I read a story in 20, uh, from 2002 about a hiker named Leonardo Diaz, and apparently he was hiking somewhere uh, uh, in Colombia at a very high uh, area and got separated from his team and a blizzard had hit on the top of that mountain and so he could not get back to where they were. And this is the day, again kids, sorry, this is the day of prepaid minutes. Anybody remember those days where he had to prepay and he was out. He stranded and lost and out. And it's over. It's game over until he got a phone call. It was a telemarketer. <laughs> Would you like to buy some more prepaid minutes? <laughs> and that telemarketer stayed on the line with him. And, uh, and it would hang up periodically, but every 30 minutes kept calling him back after he got where he was. And within seven hours, even with hyperthermia setting in, he was found because this telemarketer had, had intruded. And when we bump into a text like this, we need to let the word do its, its work. 
If you and I don't believe that the Lord would offer grace, here he is giving you two examples that would have set these chief elders, it would have, it would have set their minds on fire. They get in. Yeah, that's the kind of God I am. Wherever you've been, if you and I will repent and believe, Christ opens his arms to us. His grace is amazing. He is in his city and he's about to die for us. They have the audacity to ask, who do you think you are? Who do you say he is this morning? Is he a kind of God that would say yes to those who will come? Maybe you've tarried. Maybe it's taken a while. And like the hymn we've just sung, but you know you can come home. If you need to do that today, do that. If you need to let Jesus ask you some questions, if Jesus is not routinely asking you questions, you're not spending enough time with him and enough time in his word. Does he need to ask some things of you this morning? How is it you and I need to surrender to the authority that he has? Where is that place where you've been withholding it and you've been in charge and you've been controlling? However you need to respond this morning, let's sing about his grace. It's 572. Amazing.